Nope, a Gundam style already. Nope. Nope. Not, not it. <laughs> that, that, it. that one's not it. That wasn't it. <laughs> I said about half the syllables there. <laughs> Opa Gundam style, everyone. Welcome to Wow Cool Robot, a Gundam sh- podcast, a Gundam show. <laughs> We're all in a state right now. We're doing great, all three of us. Me yeah. being one of us three, I max, I use he, him pronouns. With me, as always, are Jay and Julia. Uh, I'm Jay, the aforementioned. I also go by Jared, and I use he and them pronouns. I'm Julia, I use she, her pronouns, and I am currently and continuing to be full of curry. Thank you. Yeah, J- Jules Jules is, is, is in curry land over here. I'm in uh, lemon creme popped tart land over here. Um, and, and I believe we also have a pizza in the studio with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the pizza zone for the second episode running. <laughs> you're in, would you say that you're in the pizzone? No, legally, no. I, I don't believe I can. <laughs> <laughs> well... As as we've learned from watching Gundam Wing, I don't think people care about what is legally correct. <laughs> That's entirely fair. <laughs> uh, let me preface this whole episode. I don't know what the fuck noises my mic was making last week. It was like some weird groaning. It was either my pop filter bumping up against the actual like sock on the microphone or my shitty $25 Walmart desk chair creaking around. Oh jeez. So, this is this is this is true for pot agreed as well, but like whenever my microphone makes weird fucking noises, it's not me, it's my surroundings and I'm I baby. understand, Max. You're you're I'm doing baby. your best. I'm doing well, yeah, I'm sometimes doing it. I did my best yesterday <laughs> when I when I won Pokemon League. I'm Hell so yeah. proud of you. Let's go Bugborn. I won with Bug, the worst type in the game. So really, it's the best type of the game when you really think uh, about it. It's better than Grass type. You're fine. Grass type is the worst mono type. <laughs> <laughs> like, but not to not to get on my bullshit already. But like, Bug, like statistically, yes, Bug is the worst type. But in a mono type, Bug is like not that bad because like you're fast as fuck. Yeah. One thing you gotta know about bugs: <laughs> a bit quicksome. Uh, and I ordered a little Excel Gore. Uh, keychain from Etsy to celebrate my victory because Slime Man. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm excited to talk about Gundam Wing. We like it, as always, correct? Yeah, these were some oh, some banger so. episodes, I think. It's... Things it's, are happening, and it's good. Things are, yes, things are very much happening. And again, we're like, we're continuing that little trend of like, ah, this episode focuses on a thing instead of ten thing. Yeah. Which, which do you prefer happening? <laughs> Which um, I, I think things are going to start to split up again in the near future yeah. based on just like the end of this set of episodes. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, I think, right, I think at this point they've kind of established what's going on well enough, uh, generally speaking, yeah. so that like it'll be, we can follow it as viewers as it goes on. Right. Like, I understand the sort of current motivations of all the characters so far, say for a couple, so it's good. Um, y'all want to get into it? Yeah, I think I'm leading in the first episode. You I think are. That's correct. Apologies, I've got a lawnmower running behind me. Mm. Oh, I'm. I swear to God, I have not heard a lawnmower today. But like, I feel like the last three times I've heard maintenance people in this apartment complex mow the lawn, it's been on recording days, and it's just like, why would you pick right. my window of all things? <laughs> all right, Jerry's around the corner, so I should be good to go. <laughs> uh, I think we are on episode ten. Hero, distracted by defeat. Trey's Kushranada organizes his troops in order to move the Taurus mobile suits somewhere safe for the time being. Lady Un reveals that Oz has been collecting a lot of data on the Gundams from their past interventions, while the Gundam team learns individually that uh, the Tauruses are capable of learning from past battles. 
Oz has two transport routes, and one of them is intended to be a decoy. The whole Gundam team splits up with two on the ground route and two taking the air route, and Wu Fei just kind of nowhere to be found. A battle ensues as it's revealed that both routes were actually heavily armed. Meanwhile, the Tall Geese seeks a duel against the Wing Gundam. Lady Un has a backup plan and uses the colonies as hostages to force the Gundams to surrender, though only one pilot fully ceases his actions and actually exits his cockpit and attempts to destroy his Gundam and himself in the process. I'm marking off another slot on my uh, Gundam Wing Gundam's trope bingo <laughs> card in that learning computer check. Yeah, it's, it is it is another kind of common trope, but I, I think it develops into something kind of interesting in this. I mean, well, we've yeah, already got like, it twice now, right? Where that was like the main thing they were talking about with the tall geese initially. Right, where it could yeah. Learn and kind of ignore the pilot. But now it's saying that the Tauruses are kind of set up in the same way. Yeah. And this Do is also ever... the third time Hero has tried to just absolutely annihilate himself. <laughs> And like, that's my son. I'm going to say it worked with a big asterisk because it didn't yeah. really work, but it yeah, kind of worked. There's, I'll, I'll get to it when we get to it. Actually, no, I'm just going to say it, it didn't work. Never mind. It, just, it, is, it didn't work. I think uh, anyway. it didn't work it didn't is the thing. Work. <laughs> my name is here. You and God won't let me die. <laughs> he just wants to so badly. Um. So this episode starts out. Uh, we see Trey's landing in some sort of like big estate base. You know, we yeah. see suits all around. It's a really uh, he cool sees the like, tall castle. Yeah, I thought he was landing in his own sort of like compound at first, but like this seems right. military to me. Is it? Um, is it not the um, the Saint Kingdom? I don't castle? think so. Like, unless this is a different part of it, because like the whole base was surrounded by cliffs, and like this seems to be oh, pretty. Oh, like, you're right. Open, yeah, that was cliffs terrain. and water. That was, yeah. It is a different place. It's uh, just yet another castle that Trace has. Yeah, who, he he can't fucking keep track of these things anymore. He has so <laughs> many. Um, he sees a tall geese and he says, "Damn, that geese sure can tall." <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and like you can tell, like this thing is like measurably taller than all the oh, other suits around it. Massive. Um, it's interesting. This is the first part of this episode where uh, it's fairly obvious Lady Un has some shit. She's thinking about um, she's on sex one this Noin. episode, huh? She yeah, does not fucking care for these two, huh? Yeah, really. There's a point where Trey says, like, Zex is, like, the only person capable of piloting the tall geese. And Lady Un is like, that's gonna give him an ego. Like, you can't, you can't say that. He's gonna, like, like, become a problem. It's, it's, it's Have also you met like, Zex I mean, before? It's also true. Yeah, and it's also he has true, an ego, but whatever. I, I've seen two people pilot the tall geese, and one of those has survived piloting the tall geese. Yeah. Uh, he also has a cool black cape, Sex does, which is like, I guess is like his fancy lad clothes, and that he won't change his actual red uniform because we have to know he's a shark clone, but he can put on a cool black cape and look a little bit emo in the process, so I, you know, I like <laughs> Yeah. It. <laughs> it's uh, very fun. Noin is here as well, and like, they're, you know, they're meeting, and, and, and Trace thanks Zex and Noin for their service, and On is like, mm-hmm. ugh. How dare, how dare Trey's Sama thank these meaningless soldiers? Like, they yeah. also thank How him. dare they accept the thanks? She's just, like, really on one. Like, yeah, it's, I it's like her. Rough. She's a girl boss, but also she's insane. No, like I said earlier, this is very much girl boss derogatory hours. Right. <laughs> this is not the girl. This is not the. St- I mean, she's stannable, but this is, like, a different <laughs> variant. This is a different varietal of girl boss than we see in the likes of Haman Karn. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> Can't fucking wait. Um, uh, Zex, Zex and Trey's, uh, or I, I think it's, uh, Trey's tells Lady Un to like go brief the troops on, you know, whatever their upcoming mission is. 
and mm-hmm. Zex and Noin are about to go with, and Trey's actually stops them. He's like, Zex, I want to speak to you privately. And Lady Un is pissed, and she she immediately takes that out on Noin, being like, hurry it up, move along. Like, Yeah, she like mm-hmm. pulls a rank, which I think that is correct that she is higher ranked, but she's a real mm-hmm. shit about it. Yeah. Lady Un is a colonel right now, I believe. Gotcha. I couldn't tell you what Noin is, but I, she's not that high ranked. She's not a lieutenant. I don't think she's a lieutenant, because Zex is. Who knows? Like, Cap- all, the ter- all these terms are made up to me anyways. Whatever, yeah. I, they're, these <laughs> Military's guys, fake. Their ranks should just be the number that they're named after. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> Name, un, rank, one. Got uh, it, one. So um, in got their conversation. Yeah, um, in their private meeting, uh, Trey's kind of applauds uh, Zex's like, commitment to his role. And Zex specifically says he wants to continue fighting under Trey's. Um, and Trey's is like kind of understanding of that. He's like, okay, you have some battles to fight. I get that. But then Trey's is also like, yeah, I think you specifically should try to go after the Gundams. Like the, the wing Gundam kind of did you dirty. And I, I think you deserve the chance to prove yourself back uh, like into his good graces, I guess. Did any of y'all catch Zex? Like, he's like, oh, Lightning Baron, or should I say Lightning Count? Did any yeah. of y'all catch what Zex says his actual title is? I don't yeah, think the, so. The guy that kills his, like, gets his men killed or something? Yeah, he says, oh, my real title is Killer of My Own Men. It's like, all Oopsie. right, shit, dude, calm Hi, down. Bud. He's, like, Otto did that upset. himself. That wasn't yeah. on you, man. Uh, and then oh, yeah, Trace. Trey's also mm. asks uh, Zex if he's ever going to remove his mask. Zex says he wears it as a symbol of his revenge and that he still kind of has a duty to do, so he's going to keep it on for the time being. But Trey's does call him Miliardo Peacecraft and says he looks forward to the day he can take off his mask. And I am saying out loud, gay, gay, homosexual, gay. Like <laughs> He wants to see his boyfriend's face. Let he him wants to see them baby blue. Yeah, he wants to see them beautiful blue eyes. Also, uh, Zex is super not cool with being called that name. Yeah. Yeah, no, he hates it. A, a bi- look. If someone wants to, if someone like, says, mood, if somebody dead names me, I'm not. Yeah, thank you, thank you, either. thank you, thank you, Julia. <laughs> it's just, it's not a fucking cool thing. Uh, strike one against my current favorite character of the show. Fuck. Oopsie. <laughs> um, Wait, that's strike uh, one. Oh god. <laughs> look, Julia, you know my bar is very low. This is true. Uh, so we cut to Lady Un giving a presentation on their upcoming military operation. She talks about Taurus suits. Uh, they're being fitted with these new mobility systems, and in order to do so, they need to be transferred to Siberia. Uh, and she talks about how, you know, these fucking Gundams, we can't get rid of these things. We have weak security. They're going to attack us. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a we're gonna have a, a train going, and we're going to have a plane going. And hopefully, uh, they can split the Gundams up by having two convoys going at once. Um, Zex mentions that, oh, it's good that we're going through Siberia. You know, it's an Oz base. We, we own this territory. There's going to be more security. Uh, and Un says, actually, I think it would be good if the Gundams attacked us. We can get rid of them <laughs> once and for all. She talks like, some well. mad shit here, too. Like, she says the only reason they've lost soldiers is because people are being slow and lazy collecting data. Like, straight up calling out Noin and Zex. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she is very confident that she's going to be the one that destroys them. There yeah, is yeah. this little moment we get where... Once Lady Un like launches into her plan and the details of it, where she she talks about how they're going to be fitted with these mobility suits, like Max said, and transported. And 
as she's revealing that plan about the two transports, we cut to Hiro getting a mission report. And uh, it lo- it starts out as just text, but it ends up being a video message directly from Dr. J. Dr. J! And it's, it's nice to see him again for a moment here. I, I miss this freak. He's just clamping on video. It's fun. <laughs> um, but it, it turns out that uh, this is where we get the information specifically that Hiro is being told by Dr. J that the Tauruses have this capability that was kind of baked into the tall geese, like this battle data collection sort of thing. And one of the things Dr. J says is, uh, if the Taurus commands, if the Taurus's command to kill overrides the pilot, the consequences could be significant, really implying kind of something that Zex thought about where he is like, Oh, the tall geese could ignore the pilot and like work exceedingly well without that human limitation. Uh, and so they realize like how important that threat is of this potentially automated battle system, which is like kind of a big deal. Yeah, I'm. I, hey, I'm, I'm real quick. I'm studying up for the upcoming midterm. Uh, what? And I forget this. What is the weak point of the mobile suit again? Oh, it's the pilot. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 I'm sure that's not important. It won't be important later on. No, it's fine. Um, so and and like Lady Un is talking to the troops on like what the best way she's doing the fucking like. That one bit from Justice League where Batman has those files on how to kill each Justice League member. Yes. Um, and she's like, uh, Unit 01, which is wing, take its fucking wings out and just like, you know, f- do attrition on it. Uh, yeah. Zero 02. She doesn't even say how to destroy Zero 02, which is Death Scythe. She's just like, oh, I don't know. The thing's stealthy in close combat. Anyway, Zero 03, make it use its ammo up because that's heavy mm-hmm. arms. I don't even think she mentioned zero four at all, and then zero five. She's like, "Don't fight this one. Just shoot this it from the will you, will, suck. you will lose. <laughs> it will, lo- it will yeah. kill you." She specifically Watch out mentions for the flamethrower. Yeah, exactly. Watch out for the firepower in its left arm. It's very good. I mean, firepower is a bit misleading. It is literally powerful fire. <laughs> um, we go back to Hiro, and uh, Duo is saying goodbye. Uh, he's, he says he has a, a bad feeling about it, but Duo is the first person that we see who says. Uh, because he's the only one like directly interacting with another pilot in these moments, but he he says he thinks they should split up um, because there are two transport routes, and he specifically says the line, "Well, we'll die if we don't have a plan of our own." And then it cuts back, I think, to Lady Un saying, "Like the Gundams do not excel in organized battle." <laughs> yeah, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Well, because if you think about it. At this point, they are just like five kids, just kind of stumbling around in the dark. Um, yeah, they're like just we have fucking Hero babies. Duo sort of working together, and we have Catra and Troa sort of working together, but that's kind of uh, it. But yeah. they don't strategize. They just say, no. "Hey, let's both let's both try and kill this thing at the same time together." It's like that's not strategy. That's just teen violence. <laughs> Angst. Um, really. Uh, Noin, and at this point, uh, Lady Un orders Zex to take out Wing, or Zero One, with a tall geese one-on-one. Uh, Noin, of course, balks and wants to help him out, but Un orders her to go, she, she wants her basically completely out of the way, she wants her to go clean up the Aries around Victoria, uh, and Zex is like, yeah, go, I mean, honestly, do that, because that'll still give, be giving me backup and still helping me, you know, it'll, you'll still be, like, helping out the cause that way, and of course, that's like, Noin's like, okay, anything for you, Zex, I love you. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Zex is happy that she's not going to be in combat yeah. as well. Like, he does seem actually worried about her well-being, and having her at the headquarters means she's not going to be in the line of fire mm-hmm. against something he has seen just annihilate suits left uh, and against right. Against an unkillable boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, like, the 
Track record for the Ares suits against the specifically wing, not great so far. So I think that's a fair assessment on mm-hmm. Sex's part. Yeah, yeah, at this point, the only thing that has destroyed the Gundam wing is, let me check my notes, the Gundam oh, wing. Oh, here are Yui. Oh, well, look at yeah, that. Yeah, it's himself. <laughs> it's, it's an own goal. And then we get three quick vignettes. We get Troa analyzing his mission data, saying he's going to take the air route. Katra is organizing the Magwanak Corps. Uh, and the, he says that they will take the ground route. Uh, the plan is specifically for Katra to get information on whether his route is fake or not and relay that to the other pilots. And then Wufei is just kind of talking to Nataku, his Gundam, and he asks it to denounce him because he lost a fight to Trey's. <laughs> it's like, buddy, Wufei is on some like real I'm useless bad brain and buddy needs to get his shit figured out at this point let's yeah. let's let's here we go no this is what we do shang wufei is gonna go hang out in evangelion land let's bring asuka over here boom problem yes. solved oh my god no that that's a child that would commit so many worse war crimes well we have to take out Oscar. okay to another. be to be fair swapping wufei for asuka is a lose-lose situation because we get rid of the misogyny but we get teen girl boss murder machine <laughs> I mean, I'm down for it. Yeah, no, yeah. What, what, are you trying to dissuade me? That sounds rad as hell. All right. All um, right, hang on. What were the, uh, let's see. Did you mention that uh, Rulina is sad because Hero and Duo have transferred away out of her new school? No, that was the next the next beat. Okay. Yeah, Rulina is sad because Hero and Duo have transferred out of her new school. <laughs> and all the girls are like, oh, they're gone. And Rulina's like, uh, I, you know, they must be out on a battle, but I have my own battle to fight now, too. Yeah, she says some was, weird again, we shit. Again, we get like, <laughs> the through line of her wanting to be strong for Hero, even though he doesn't really give a shit about her. Yeah. Uh, and then right before, like, the operation commences, Noin asks Lady Un, which is the real route? And Lady Un just says they're both important. And then it cuts to uh, the first team to make contact, which is the, mm-hmm. the Magwanek, uh on the ground route. Toot toot, bitch, it's train time. Yeah. So yeah, they show up, they fight some Ares and find the uh, train transport. Uh, train Kushranada. You're so goddamn, goddamn right when you're right. Um. <laughs> Sandrock fights off some more Leos, and they attempt to destroy the train, um, which is blasted and falls onto the track. And then, uh, well, there is there is a moment a decoy because there's so many fucking Leos that are it's in a this clou- train. This is a clown car of a train. There, there is a really funny moment where like Katra's gonna go and like cut the rails with his showtels, and he just gets shot in the back and falls onto the train tracks, and it looks like he's gonna get run over cartoon style. And then Oopsie. Duo shows up in the death scythe and like slams into the side of the train and derails it. He, he melees a train. How's it's it? really is, good. I haven't seen this happen since Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Oh, no. And then, uh, like Julia said, there's just a fucking ton of Leos that were in this train. And Duo and Katra are, like, massively outnumbered, even with the, the Magwanak. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of fucking Leos. Because, like, there are 40 Magwanaks. That's a lot of guys. And, like, it, this yeah. is the... Mil- this is... This, could, could, uh, could one billion Leos take out... 42 Gundams. <laughs> We're going to find out. Um, we cut to the air, which is just like, it is just in media res. Uh, the, they have noticed that there's like, you know, this little transport f- uh, chasing after them. So all of the Oz planes fire on it. It's Troa in heavy arms inside this thing. And he has this like, I don't know if, if this is an actual like kit for the heavy arms or if it can just do this. But like, it just fires a big old thruster and like 
falls gracefully, like, you know, flies after the jets, but it's yeah. not really, like, flying. It's just, you know, big thrust, shooting like crazy, firing, taking the planes down. I, I think it has, like, thrusters on its back, and that's about the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he really just decided to jump out of a crashing plane, and yeah, just, like, he was the, like, I'll, the I'll scene be fine. Is, like, his head of uh, heavy arms kind of just, like, pops up out of the flaming wreckage as it starts falling, and he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, and then this point, Wing shows up. Yeah, I was going to say, this is where Wing shows up, and two Leos once Hero again takes just a tumble. blast it, and <laughs> Hero goes face first into the fucking ground. This is a di- And this is a different bit of animation. This is it not is. the same animation of Hero beefing it from last time. There's like, no, we got to draw this again, because like... This is like, you know, the first time it happened, like, yeah, he kind of gets shot down, like, kind of grinds to a halt. But this is like, it looks like it hurt this time. Yeah, he slams into the ground. Uh, and once once the wing is noted on the battlefield, that information gets relayed to Zex. He goes to intercept the wing. And he does this insane close quarters stunt where he flies full yes. speed at the wing Gundam within inches of this thing and then just like directly 90 degree turn shoots straight up into the air and rains gunfire down on hero so cool so sick and after that zex decides to land and then he's like actually fuck guns let's do this beam saber style (laughs) yeah zex is like here i've been playing hit video game ghost of tsushima you want to have a duel and hero's like oh fuck yeah dude let's go (laughs) hero i've been playing hit ttrpg beam saber (laughs) (laughs) It's, it, it reminds me of this show, oddly enough. Anyway, check this out, homeboy. And then Zex says something. He's like, uh, we fight for recognition of superiority because Zex doesn't know who the pilot is still, right. which is important later. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zex <laughs> also is like feeling so good. Like he, oh, you know, he starts facing off with Hero. He's in his oats. He he's knows. fucking yeah, loving it. It's working. He's like, wow, I don't even need to like break ribs or give myself another heart attack to beat this guy. He <laughs> like, specifically I can do it without says, pushing the talkies to its limit. Yeah, he can do it without pushing the talkies to its full limit. Oh my god, dude, disrespectful. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, sure, he just picked up a new main and he's been like in the lab for about a month with it, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, like y- you gotta practice a bit more, homie. You can have the tech skill, but that doesn't mean that it's practical. Yeah, you're not Daigo. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, during the duel, uh, Hero and uh, Wing are kind of trying to download Tall Geese a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it it reads it as a prototype Leo, which is interesting because, like, that's, I mean, that's the history we know, but that's that's all they have mm-hmm. on Tall Geese, which is, is, is cool to see. Yeah, he point. wasn't able to identify it as a current Oz mobile suit. And then uh, Tro- <laughs> Troa looks on from the distance yeah. and he's like... Well, not going to be my problem. And <laughs> just yeah, keeps shooting stuff down. He does the Yu-Yu thing. It's like, not going to ruin my day about yeah. it. Yeah. Bye. I'm going to stay in my lane. God, it's so good. Uh, but, like, it's all of the Gundams are, you know, in their own bag right now, fighting and destroying stuff. And Lady Un's getting reports that the Oz mobile suit teams are getting overwhelmed. The Gundams, once again, were underestimated. And then Lady Un makes a funny little phone call to something called the Space Fortress Barge. Hello, operator. Can you give me the war crimes department? Oopsies. <laughs> so, and, like, everyone... So, she she radios... Somehow was able to... I guess she does, like, a mass radio frequency thing here. I, I think it's partially because Space Fortress Barge was, like, in a certain position to also broadcast, like, relay the broadcast, maybe. Mm, sure. 
Uh, it's yeah, something it along those like lines. Donut shape of the colonies. Yeah. And she says, we have fucking hacked every missile satellite we can. They're aimed at the colonies. Gundam pilots, you might want to surrender right now. And basically all of the Gundam pilots stop doing what they're doing, but they don't surrender themselves. Mm-hmm. They stay in their Gundams. Yeah. They just stop fighting back. Mm-hmm. And, and Zex is in his, and he's like, what the fuck is she uh, doing right now? He is not psyched about this. Um, he wants this duel with heroes so badly, and mm-hmm. this this distraction and this decision that Unge's made kind of ruins it, too. La- Lady Un, I'm trying to have an Evo moment here. Yeah, let me do my own thing. Uh, and, yeah, he, he radios her. He's like, can you not? Uh, and, and he tells her that she this turns off the radio. <laughs> yeah, she turns off the radio, and then Noin is behind her and is like, "Hey, uh, I don't think Trays would like this. I don't think Trays would want to involve innocent civilians in this." We get a Gundam slap. Oops! Yay! Love recognizable love it. trope. Marking it off my fucking bingo card. Oh no! Uh, yeah, Thanks, this Gundam. this moment kind of sucks. It's Lady Un is just like basically power crazy right now. Yeah, she's she's like fucking on one, uh, and and she's like she's like launch a missile anyway. I don't care. I don't care what you hit. Just yeah. launch a missile. See what happens. Lady Un says like she says a, a lot of terrible shit about the colonies too. Like they could be sabotaged so easily, and specifically, the colonies are insignificant worlds yeah. for pathetic people. Oh my god, you, you girl, you good? No, <laughs> they no, she's aren't. Not. Um. But at this point, Dr. J shows up. Sorry. <clears throat> Dr. J shows up. Go. He hacks the radio and he's like, hey, uh, just want to clear the air here. This isn't all the colonies doing it. It's just me and my buddies. Uh, I will surrender. I don't want to. I don't want anyone else to die. Uh, as this happens, Hira steps out of his Gundam and Zex is like, he's just a kid. Uh, doc- and then Dr. J is like, I'm surrendering. I'm not going to hand over the Gundam, though. And then Hero does something very normal. Hero does, you know, the thing that Hero does. He says, I bet, and self-destructs again. <laughs> he literally says, mission accomplished. I can fucking die now. Bye. Peace. Um, unfortunately, uh, because it is Hero, mm-hmm. boy is not dead. But <laughs> Oh no, we made, the, we made the indestructible Gundam indestructible. Oh fuck, not again. Shit. <laughs> so this is the thing that I kind of wanted to talk about yeah it's the animation for this explosion makes it look like it gets absolutely fucking disintegrated i know yeah so it's interesting it, it like psycho frames it at first because it has the red lines which are cool as shit yeah, yeah. Um, it's like this really i love the effect yeah it's cool but then like in that explosion frame it's gone mm-hmm. and then we cut back to it and it's just like its head popped basically and it kind <laughs> yeah. of collapses onto itself yeah and hero gets like flung away like He's like screaming in pain still, like somehow yeah. conscious. You see the blood pooling oh, behind yeah. his head, it's and he a has lot. His, he has blank eyes. Like Jesus. Um, yeah. So it's it's without a head, a left and left arm and left leg. I think the Gundam wing yeah, hits the ground. Yeah, it kind of teeters and then collapses. Mm-hmm. It's but a flesh wound. And um, I don't think it's super significant in the way that like last shooting is, but it's definitely trying to like mimic that. But oh, it, yeah. it kind of fails to, like, almost hilariously. It's, it fails to, and also it's only episode 10. Save it for yeah, later, maybe. exactly. Um, and then Hiro's laying on the ground, and his eyes, like, there's, like, no light in this kid's yeah. eyes, and there's blood just pooling around Everywhere. his head. Yeah, when when the smoke clears, Hiro, he's lying mm-hmm. down on the pavement. Literally. Um, 
And then the next scene, I kind of had to pause and, like, take a couple deep breaths. Uh, is Katra a new type? No. He ha- he's struggling a little bit. So. What's the deal? He's, like, the most extreme empath, I would say. Yeah. I think um, he's in physical pain because of the things he, that are he happening. He clutches his heart as he hears, like, the thoughts of Zex and Noin and Un's, like, oh, shit, did the guy kill himself? He's like, ah, oof, ow. He does the stock image of, like, the dude in the red turtleneck clutching oh. his heart. It, it really is kind of bizarre, but I think it goes to show just, like, how strongly characterized Katra is, is that he saw someone fighting for the same goal he was fighting for, cornered and they chose to kill themselves essentially and it, it, it's supposed to be kind of this impactful moment but it, it comes across very awkward and weird good yeah, job Gundam yeah I, I mean look you say you say it's like this characterization moment but to me it's a extremely funny that Katra is just a literal actual empath and b he's a new type come on he's a new type in my head I mean there, believe there, what you want to believe yeah, I, I'm the uh, I'm the Max author of my own world. Max is now this. That's right, death of the author. It's, it's mine now. All cool robot <laughs> canon is that Katra's a new type. Um, Troa grabs Hero's body uh, with with heavy arms and radios Katra and is like, "Hey, we gotta fucking go now!" And ever you know, all the Gundams fly off, and even like before so uh, Troa, there's a flies little mini off, thing there. Um, yes, Zex wants them to go. He's like, "Get out, retreat!" Yes. Like, this is no longer the thing that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, he specifically it, says, I'm not going to fight you like this. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be an honorable victory for him. And so he's like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to win like this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now that he knows that they're probably all kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, hmm, I have to do something troubling about the situation I find myself in. Please leave. Uh, we, we cut to uh, the control room where Un and Noin are. And Noin tells Un that she has a call from Trez. Uh, and like she tries to grab it, and like Lady ungrabs her hand, and or, like you know, like blocks it. And yeah. He's, like, and she's like, he tells you to be more graceful about everything. We elegant get lady. Yeah, we get this really good shot of like Noin narrowing her eyes, bang, yes, being like, it's such you need a to be more too. graceful, Lady Un. It's mm-hmm. it's a good moment. It, it it it's it's poses as if it's like this really big like pivotal <laughs> mic drop, and I think what it's meant to be, at least for the sub, is that she's basically, like, emulating Trace's way of speaking towards her. Because oh. she just calls her lady, like how yeah. Trace does. Okay. So Instead it's, of, it's, like, her rank. Right. So so it, it's like, you know, Noin is being like, ah, I'm Trace, and I'm telling you that you suck shit. <laughs> and Un does not care for this one bit. It, no. It's a good moment of Noin getting back at her for getting slapped mm-hmm. earlier. And to be fair, she deserves it, too. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Girl uh, boss derogatory versus girl boss positive. <laughs> and I believe the episode ends with a to be continued of Troa driving away with heavy arms on the back of his transport truck with mm-hmm. Hiro his still truck. in its hand. <laughs> with Hiro still in its hands. That's going to be a fun Troak. one to type out. I said Troa, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> you want to give us the next episode summary, please, Julia, my friend? Sure. <laughs> episode 11. The whereabouts of happiness. With his retreat path from the Siberia battle blocked off by Oz troops, Duo teams up to travel with Katra and the Magnoac Corp to their base in the desert. When Oz troops locate the Magnoac's base, the Corps is willing to stand and fight to distract the enemy while Duo and Katra escape. 
At the same time, Zex is gathering the remains of the Wing Gundam and has plans to rebuild it, seeking a rematch of his interrupted duel despite not knowing whether or not Hiro is still alive. Author's note, of course he's alive, it's Hiro. Meanwhile, Relina attends another party and attempts to take revenge on Lady Un, but is nearly killed in the process, only to be then saved by Noin. We found it. We found happiness. We Where are you? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I heard a remix of I heard a remix of that with uh, September by Earthman and Fire last week. Oh my week. god! It was very good. That sounds amazing. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Duo's chilling in the jungle, starting this one out. Like they're yeah. surrounded by enemies because like the Gundams all escape, but I you can imagine that Oz is like. Uh, Let's go after them, I they, think. They, I don't think they got very far, and Oz was immediately nah. like sending surveillance planes, and that's what Duo is hiding from. And then mm-hmm. he gets a little like signal um, off to his side, and he looks, and it's just Katra, not even in Sandrock. No. He's just out there on the ground, like flashing a, a little, light at like, him. Signal light, yeah, yeah, like the little like floodlight with the little like shutters on it to like do Morse code or something at him. Yeah. It's very funny. It's it's really good, and he. Um, kind of pulls up in Death Scythe and um, actually pick, like, I don't think we see him pick up Katra, but we see him put Katra down when he meets up with the rest of the Magwanak Corps, which is very funny because um, the voice acting in this was actually pretty solid for the dub because Duo is just talking like he's in his cockpit and it's being broadcast outside of the Gundam, but Katra is, like, actually yelling like he's outside and it's really good. It's just a nice little moment of, like, solid voice acting uh where there are yeah. some weaker moments in these episodes <laughs> yeah it's it's some actual directing that we've mm-hmm. been missing in some other parts for yeah. sure yeah credit, credit to brad swale for empty actually line like reading picking up on mm-hmm. the cues that he needed to uh and katra just kind of invites duo to come with him and the magwanak as they return to some sort of base and duo's like yeah i don't really have much of a choice but you know thank you for the kindness yeah, it's nice. Like, Duo specifically notes in the sub, he's like, I need sympathy. And Katra thinks to himself, I need, I just need time to think. Yeah. So, like, they're both on the back foot, but they're kind of, like, leaning on each other, which is really nice to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we cut back the core to- is, like, deciding yeah. uh, specifically before we cut back um, that they're going to cross the desert during an upcoming sandstorm yeah. to kind of ignore and get away from the tracking that Oz is currently doing looking mm-hmm. for them. Checks out. I mean, it's pretty smart. I can tell these are, these are desert mobile suits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cut back over to the battlefield from the night before. Uh, Noid and Zex and their men are, like, recovering all the parts of the wing that they can. Uh, and again, they're talking, like, I, there is absolutely a disparity between the animation and, like, the result. Because they're talking as if there's barely anything left to salvage. Like, But there is a kind whole of like, fucking Gundam there. Yeah, it's like, is it, like, I guess, like, all of the interior is gone. Like, I, you know, I think that's what the point they're trying to make at. The, yeah, I, I the think... important parts, the... Um, like the, the mechanical stuff. There. Exactly. It is, it is just a shell with none of the guts. So, like, all of the technology that went into building it, probably a lot of the cockpit and computer programming that went into actually making it function and capable of, like, the power it had. Like, they show the buster rifle and all three of the cartridges that fire, like, the giant beams out of the buster rifle were destroyed. So, they have bits and pieces in... I mean, it's still huge because it's a fucking Gundam, but, like, they don't have the necessary stuff to, like, straight up copy what the Gundam power had. Yeah, they call it scrap metal, and then they clarify scrap Gundanium, which was cute. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 
interestingly enough, there is a very deliberate shot of Zex picking up the like blow up button that is like still completely intact. I thought it was uh, like a joystick from the cockpit. I also I th- thought it was a suicide button. I'm pretty sure it's the suicide button because I feel like, I mean, the fact that like, it's like, it's the only thing you see in the shot of like, it lies in the sand and Zex picks it up and is like looking at it as he's talking about like rebuilding the Gundam. So I, I feel like that's going to be relevant later. It's, you know, it's a, it's a Chekhov's fuck a you button. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he tells Noin that he wants to repair it at Victoria base. Uh, he says that, and he says specifically because it was modeled after the tall geese, so they kind of have the capability to, you know, fix it up now. Right. Uh, and he does say that he has a feeling the pilot's alive. And he's like, I sure hope he's still alive. You know, like, we're both mobile suit pilots. We're destined to battle now. Mm-hmm. And then we get um, Lady Un doing a, a cry-typed uh, apology to Trey's. And uh, Trey's... Uh, some people <laughs> threaten colonies to cope once again trays is handling this like a fucking champion too he is he is so straight laced he is calm he is laid back just like the last time that she really fucked up and mm-hmm. he, he just handles it so well and tells her basically like he gets really close to her and like just kind of confides in her that she has a mission coming up and he needs her to be at her best for that and it's just mm-hmm. like, how is this dude so calm at all times when she could have just like entirely fucked up their whole plan again? <laughs> he, he literally says it's water under the bridge now. Yeah. Which it super isn't. Like, it's not, dude. Trace. Would you perhaps say it's a bridge over troubled water? I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. All right. <laughs> uh, he but, announces but- that he is going to send her into space. Mm-hmm. Well, um, okay. <laughs> Reword that. Well, <laughs> she's gonna go to space, and he is telling her to do that. He is not launching her into space. I <laughs> He's guess. Her cannon, up and lady. Her. <laughs> Bye. Like she's about to salute him, or she like salutes him, and then he walks up and grabs her hand, and, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Trace, Sama." Uh, and, and he tells her, "You know, you got to go to space. The colonies won't stand any militarism, so you have to do away with all of these formalities." Uh, and like before she goes to space, he, he tells her to go to Moscow because there's a whole mess of nobles up there who are sort of like supportive of Oz. Mm-hmm. So I think this is try. This is like he's sending her on like diplomatic talks to kind of curry favor and get Oz back in some people's good graces after they just threatened to blow up everyone in space. Right? Yeah, and this you is, gotta get some. You gotta some PR at this point. <laughs> it's the. It's not the first time that he's sent her to space for diplomatic reasons too. That's why she was with Relina and her father, mm-hmm. like Very on true. the colonies <laughs> last time. So me after I throw a grenade into a hospital, ah, diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we get back to Duo and Katra uh, talking to the Magwanak as they're in a sandstorm. And they kind of just seem to be looking around, kind of like checking for like an all clear signal. And we get some uh, Magwanak lore. Uh, we get the information of like what the Magwanak core is and like what they're about. They're part of this like small cluster of Middle Eastern nations that have basically been fighting for their independence against the Alliance and actually been fending it off since the Alliance kind of started taking over. Apes together strong. And uh, Rashid actually signals with his uh, his eye camera on his Magwanak, and a door to an underground base just opens up right in front of them. Yeah. It's it's like they lead into it by talking about how, you know, they're like, we're, you know, we're trying to find an unaffiliated, an unaffiliated military base, and 
lo and behold, yeah, we get inside. Uh, Katra meets with K- Commander Sadal, who is the leader of this base here, mm-hmm. uh, and he's also the leader of all the Magwinax. So it's like we're finally getting to where all the Magwinax are from, which is nice. Um, yeah. He and Duo, for some reason, take the blame. Katra and Duo do rather uh, for the loss against Oz for some reason, which is like, no, no, you're fine. That yeah. was all Lady Un. Like y'all, y'all did your best. Yeah, you, you weren't like in space to stop them from shooting the missiles, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure what else you could have done. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Oopsie. Mm. Uh, I, I believe then Rashid and one of the other members of the Magwanak, uh offer to. I think it's Rashid and Katra actually. They offer to repair Duo's Gundam while they're there. Yes. And Katra formally introduces himself to Duo, and Duo knows who he is. Uh, yeah. Katra is part of the Winner family, which is a very rich family that is uh, existing in the colonies right now. Um, but they're from like this set of Middle Eastern nations, which is why Katra like knows Commander Sadaul and like all of these other people and why they were like so happy to work with Katra because Katra's kind of fighting for the same independence that these people have been fighting for on Earth, but for the colonies. And so they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, we support that. But like, yeah, Katra's family is also like rich as hell. Yeah. Uh, Duo mentions that like the Winar family, they're the influential and financial power of like all these Arab nations. Yeah. And um, they're also pacifists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, do you get it? Katra, Katra said a thing. That he said he disinherited cool. he himself. Had, yeah. In order to fight in the war. God. And then <laughs> Duo like introduces Katra. Duo introduces himself and he says, I might run and hide, but I never tell a lie. That's yeah. me in a nutshell. God. Duo is so good. Duo's a fun little guy. I, I swear to God, there's information somewhere that says Duo was supposed to be the main character and then they wrote Hero it in feels instead. Like it, that's the thing. Like he has so much more characterization than Hero mm-hmm. ever does. Yeah. He's he's also just so charming and charismatic. Like mm-hmm. he's right. he's hard the not problem to was- like. The problem is the show is from the 90s, so we need, like, a brooding edgelord to be our yeah. tag. Yeah. But it's it's just uh, a, another really good moment of the pilots actually interacting with each other and just being, like, people, uh, which yep, we yeah. get more of later in this episode. Uh, I, I think this is where we go back to Relina, who's, like, in a an airport or something like that, and she sees a TV, <laughs> and Lady Un is talking about, like, you know, what's going on with the Gundam attacks and that the Gundams are, like, the enemy just some general fuckery controlling the narrative. And Relina just walks over and turns off the fucking TV. Yeah. Fuck this woman. I'm out. It's so so good. she's in Moscow by now. Like she just mm-hmm. landed in Moscow because, you know, she and Una are in the same place. Right. Um, but we don't I don't think we ever find out why the hell Relina went to Moscow. <laughs> I I think so it's it, for the same it, it is explained. It's for the same party because it's being thrown by her grandfather. Okay. Um. So, like, the royals that Trey's mentioned earlier that he was sending onto Moscow to meet up with were those same people. Oh, right. oh my god. And, and presumably she's going there, like, not just for the party, but also to, like, do the same thing Un is doing to kind of curry favor and yep. basically help people be like, hey, the colonies aren't bad. It's the Oz and the Alliance who are the fuckers here. That makes so much more uh, sense. I thought it got glossed entirely over. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, and and like before she turns oh, off yeah. the TV, she does note like the rose doesn't look good on Lady Un. Yeah, it's like, she's so right. And then a sign of peace, I guess. Yeah, Relina Relina pulls up to this formal event, and she's got a, a new dress. Mm-hmm. It's this really nice white gown with this like really baby blue bow on the back of it. It's really cute. Um, it also is just like another moment where it is very reminiscent of her design, which is based on Audrey Hepburn. Uh, yep. It, it's just a good moment of like her looking like the character that inspired her, the person that inspired her. Uh, but she walks up to the door and the doorman's like, do you have an invitation? And she just says, no, and nah. tries to walk in anyways. <laughs> mm. I love it. <laughs> she stopped again. Then her, her grandpa shows up and is like, oh, Though yeah, so this he is, does call. Did he call her by her mother's name at first? I, that's what I was wondering because he calls her Katrina first. Yep, uh, and then recognizes her as Relina and, and invites her to come in with him. And the doorman's like, "Oh, I didn't. Sorry, uh, Marquis Wayridge. I didn't realize she was with you." Yeah, I looked it up. Um, Katrina Peacecraft is her grandmother. Okay, that makes sense. So it, it's a frozen teardrop thing. So we're not going to really. That, cover okay. Yeah, that that does in fact not surprise me. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I guess that makes sense then because she's, you know, the spitting image of her grandmother. And so, yeah. he, God, this show does so much that it just doesn't fucking explain, huh? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. We got to have more time for war crimes. <laughs> more time uh, for so she war crimes and recycled footage. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, party's full of olds and they're all kind of staring at her. Not in a weird <laughs> way, more just like. I don't know. There's some weirdness. Well, like all these old people want to dance with her in a way that made me a little bit uncomfortable. I see. That's, yeah. I, I didn't think it was that bad. Maybe that's just me. But it, it's one one person walks up to her and just says like, ah, you look so lovely. And that's like an older woman. And then another yeah, guy I, t- is just like, oh, like, may I have this dance? And Wayridge is like, no, no, no. I'm dancing with my granddaughter. Yeah, it, to me, it seemed more of like, just the fascination of like someone young being at this party full of like old nobles right. and aristocrats. Yeah, like, which I, Wayridge very, does mention yeah. specifically, he's like, you know, like more youth should take interest in politics, or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. he says. Yeah, so they begin the dance. Uh, Leo's start rolling up here. Lady Un is like making her way to the party now. Uh <laughs> We we cut back and and uh, Rulina and uh, the Marquis take a table and they're talking about the peace crafts. He's you know expositing to her a little bit. Yeah, uh, he talks about how the peace crafts were always poised against the alliance. Uh, the Romfeller Foundation used to be poised against the alliance, but then they started making weapons for them. And I wanted you know he, he says that I wanted to invite Trey's here to you know have him explain what the fuck he's doing right now. But yeah. instead he's just sending some representative. Trey's couldn't make it up. himself. And Un is some representative. Yeah, Lady Un rocks sure up is. to this place. She's got two armed guards with her. They showed up with Leos that scanned the perimeter to make sure it was safe for her to show up. Good God. The, yeah. d- do you get it? Oz is, like, really obsessed with military power right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, and even Wayrage is like, Tetros does not look good on military uniforms, yeah, huh? Yeah, and he's like, oh, it would be more fitting for someone like you, Relina. And Relina... Like, as Lady Owen walks up, introduces herself to Marquis Wayridge, somehow doesn't notice Relina at first. Yeah. And uh-huh. and then Relina is, like, or, or Lady Owen's like, oh, Relina Dorlin, what are you doing here? And she turns to her grandfather and she's like, no, Grandpa, I don't want that rose. I think I'd look better covered in the blood of Oz. And then pulls out a fucking God. gun. She had a gun Relina tucked inside the gun. Is that Relina? She's got a gun. Blam, blam. Bam, 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 bam. This is so like she shoots at Lady Un and Lady Un like you know swivels to the side so only the rose gets shot. It's, so it's such good. a good shot. I love it so it's much. So fucking funny. 
And, you know, she runs off while everyone chasing after her. But before they can chase her, Wayridge and, like, all the other nobles, like, stand between them. And Wayridge is like, you know, this is the only thing I can do is, like, block your way to her. Because, like, yeah. you're not going to shoot some of the some guy that can like presumably you know give them funding and support like yeah and he yeah he even says that he admires the courage that she has shown and he's like maybe i still have something to learn from like the youth and and how to kind of combat this situation that we're in which is mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah absolutely yeah uh let's see let's see back in the uh middle east somewhere uh at the magwanax nation uh there's this festival going on because they're celebrating the return of all 40 members. Yeah, of this is so nice. sweet. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're, they're like all of these townsfolk understand like the position that the Maguanac are in. And they're just so happy that these people are returning, that they're throwing a full festival for them. Hell yeah. Rashid gets handed uh, some flowers and some other troops like get swept away by dancers. This is a really cute moment. It's just um, it's a really calm set like piece in the middle of all of the action that's happening yeah. too. Yes. And I, I want to point out the animation, like it's it's from like an above camera angle where these two dancers walk up. That animation gets reused later and it's very funny when it happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um duo kind of notes that like this whole all these nations have uh like you know joined together and are gonna stick it out till the end. Uh, and this is when he's like, you know, wants to talk to Kotcher about the other pilots. And he's like, maybe we can stick it out, you know, join up too and all that. Yeah, and, and um, Katra asked to uh, talk to him privately. And they kind of go up into uh, a small building. Katra props open a window just to get some airflow, which is just a cute little touch. Mm-hmm. And um, they start breaking it down, sharing, like, exactly how their mission the same mission is the same, even down to, like, the, like, mantra they were taught. Where it was yes. like basically nothing else matters. We need to destroy Oz. Yeah, yep. it's destroy them first. That's your responsibility. Uh, yeah, you know, basically saying don't worry about the colonies when you're here. Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're kind of realizing like, oh, we're all basically the exact same situation. Um, and then Oz shows up here. Yeah. Um, they're they're kind of talking to uh, said I will saying like, oh, we're you know we're traveling through. You know, can we stock up here? Uh, you know, asking but not really asking because, like, you know, they they're all they're all over the rooftop with guns. Yeah, we see them planting all of these crates, which are bombs in disguise, and they're like, "All right, bye." Yeah, and so the Magwanak kind of come out of hiding because they they went and hid when Oz showed up just to not incriminate the town. And after Oz leaves, they go inspect those bombs because someone saw them. Like one of the Magwanak soldiers saw them planting these things. They find out they're bombs that can't even be moved or they'll detonate. Mm-hmm. And probably fine. Uh, Duo is like, well, if they're, you know, if they're on a timer, maybe we can just chuck them and get rid of them. They're like, no, we can't move them. And so the Magwanax kind of resolve that they need to flee the place. And they're like, Oz was playing dumb, just act- asking for supplies. And they're planning to flush out the Magwanak and the Gundams. Like somehow they managed mm-hmm. to track them down. Yeah. Uh, we get they this. Kind of realize that the bombs are going to go off at midnight. Yeah, so, you know, that's like their time limit here. Yeah, and then we um, go underground, and Rashid is kind of addressing like everyone in the town. Yeah, the core like decides that they're willing to fight while the civilians escape, and the Gundams are kind of squirreled out of town. Um, be- because the, the whole deal is like the Gundams can't fight. They can't fight because... right now. They're they're busted to hell. Yeah, um, they are heroes. We're going to do everything we can to help yeah, them. Rashid yeah, Rashid says the Gundams are heroes that will one day save the planet. 
It's so cool. It's it's nice. It's good. And then we the cut. The thing is, it's just nice. We we get a shot of this town. It's nighttime now. We see this town off in the distance, and bombs just start going off. And uh, there's the Oz troops are like, ah, cool, this is working. And I believe one of the underground entrances opens up and mm-hmm. the Magwanek send out these sick Magwanek hover troops. Yes. Uh, and this is where we actually learned the name of those uh, gun tank type Oz suits. They're called the Tragos suits. The Tragos. Yeah. They have Finally two different types. They have like hover tank types, which is the ones that I think we've seen probably the most, but they do have mm-hmm. standard mobile suits that are more like Leos where they're like bipedal and can walk around. Yeah, they're just big chungies. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I like these things. These things are really sick looking. They're they're really sick, and they have like this really like unique like pinkish purplish color to them. Um, mm-hmm. But they they start fighting back as the Magwanak enter or enter the fray from this one like point. Um, but there are multiple exits, and the Magwanak use it to position themselves strategically. And one of the openings also locates the Oz mobile suit carriers. Yeah, it's like. The Magwanaks are just completely kicking ass right now. They're they're uh, beaten ass. It's really cool. Yeah. So they notice one of the carriers and they kind of like, you know, m- make their way there and they essentially blow up all but one of the carriers so mm-hmm. the duo and Katra can escape on it. Um, as they're loading the Gundams up, you know, duo's like acting all ashamed because he can't fight. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, as stated, the dancing girls show up now <laughs> with the flowers. Yeah. And then they turn around to go off screen, but they don't make it off screen before their like animation cells just disappear. Oh, I super missed that. <laughs> it's really funny. It was like definitely just a little oversight, but they showed up and definitely like when they turned to walk away, they like. They finish the animation of turning around, and then they're just gone from the screen. <laughs> Oopsies. God. Uh, anyway, it's, it's nice, and, you know, they give two, and Duo, like, yells to Katra. He's like, hey, I got flowers I for got you, I got flowers buddy. for you. Yeah, it's, it's sweet. Um, it's, it's cute. Katra and Duo kind of head on out um, while the Magnamax are still kind of fighting off the remaining troops. Mm-hmm. Um. Duo, like Max was saying earlier, is is really is real down about it, um, but asks Catra to make a U turn in the carrier before they leave, mm-hmm. um, and ends up what he's what he ends up doing because obviously they can't fight, but he can still shoot. So he opens up the the cock the, the transport bay of the carrier and fires off a couple rounds yeah. um, from his his giant cannon as they fly around uh, from the beam cannon rather <laughs> he's like wait a minute i can fight i yeah. can help like it, i, I it, think there must have just been like a bazooka or something that oz left on that transport yeah because like i don't he doesn't have that normally yeah yeah so duo's like um this is mine now and he just fucking like no scope one shots like four tragos units and uh yeah. i think it's rashid in the in the cockpit of his uh Maguinac unit <laughs> he's like all right let's pack it up let's go home yeah, they, like, fire a bunch of really cool flares, and they're escaping, and, like, you know, Katra kind of vows to, you know, he's like, sayonara, Magwanak. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's nice. Um, we <laughs> cut back to Moscow. Oh, my God. Relina gets captured. This is insane. So she gets captured uh, in, like, a back street. There's, like, these two Leo standing above her with, like, the searchlights on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some soldiers show up, and they're like, all right, we're taking you in, girl. Uh, Noin shows up here. On a motorcycle. Uh, on a, yeah, dirt bike Noin. Uh, and he's and she's like, all right, I'm gonna take Relina into my own hands on Trace's orders, and like shoots the cap off one of the soldiers there, like 
I yeah. basically completely, it seems like she's completely bluffing right now. Yeah, she, she shows up and she's like, actually, I'm taking her with me. And they're like, no, Trey's no, like, actually. We, we need her to get, like, to bring her to Lady Un. And Noin shoots this dude's hat off and she's like, Trey's himself sent me to get this girl and bring her into my custody. <laughs> and these dudes are like, oh, fuck, uh, Trey said so? Okay. And then they fuck off. And then... They're like, sorry, we fucked up so bad. Relina, mm-hmm. Relina is alone with Noin at this point. They're still on the streets of Moscow. Relina levels a gun at Noin, accusing her of being a part of Oz. And Noin just casually aims at the ground at the hat she shot off and just shoots off the little metal Oz emblem from the hat. It's and just so says, good. I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really. She's like, you know, she knows that she's really in a peace craft. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. this is very much a, a Zex thing for sure. I, oh yeah, Noin is sure. definitely doing something on her own accord here. She is fully bluffing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl boss, it's a good moment. It's sick as fuck. It's a good yeah. way to end the episode too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's episode as stated. Uh, now for the third one. Uh, this is episode twelve. <laughs> Bewildered Warriors. Hero wakes up one month after detonation. He has been taken care of by Troa, who expresses his confusion at what to do next since he hasn't heard from the colony since the battle last month. At the same time, in China, Sally Poe has joined the guerrilla resistance against the Alliance, who has assassinated the, you guessed it, pacifist leader of this country and taken it over as its own. Wufei meets up with her, saving her from a mobile suit attack despite refusing to actually use Shenlong to battle, since he's still angry with himself for losing his duel with Trey's and believing he's too weak to be able to fight. As the Alliance and then Oz itself attacks Sally's resistance, Wufei steals himself and uses Shenlong to drive them both out of the country. After the battle, Sally tells Wufei that his heart is his strength, and he goes on his way. Finally, back at the circus, Troa leaves and takes his Gundam to plan one final showstopper for the <laughs> circus's next performance at an Oz base. I know we're talking another Wufei episode. I know we're talking about episode 12 right now, but I'm so excited for episode 13. Oh, you only got to wait a week. I know, I, I know. I believe in us. We can do it. Anyways, we, do it. we, we do get a, a Wufei episode. I It's and like interesting, it's like nice. genuinely. Yeah. It, he needs it. He really, really needed some help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Like, Wufei seems to be getting a little bit better. Right. He is. This I think this was super necessary. Um yes. even before his I'm so weak I can't fight current situation, mm-hmm, the dude mm-hmm. was kind of a dick. This yeah. is some this is some necessary growth for the boy. This is a yeah, this is a bit better. So before we um, dig in, I want to point out mm-hmm. that I think this and the previous episode didn't have the typical intro narration. They were just the yeah. the quick recaps, the episode yeah. title, and it was right into the action. Yeah, Which it was like I, previously I was on. Yeah. Kind of psyched about. It's uh, It keeps you in it more. Yeah. Especially if you're watching episode after episode. Th- this right. one was a quick recap, and then it immediately cuts to Hiro waking up, uh, and he sees someone else in the room with him. He looks over and sees Relina, but the vision kind of blurs, and we realize that it's Catherine. Yeah, it's Knife Girl. <laughs> knife uh, Wife. We, we, <laughs> it's Knife Wife. Uh, we learn that obviously, you know, Troa saved him. Uh, she goes to make her famous soup. Uh, it's another Gundam reference. It's soup, soup <laughs> More time of the podcast itself. Uh, and Troa kind of explains to Hero, you know, it's been a month since you did your little stunt, uh, and it kind of worked because Oz is only attacking Earth nations. You know, colonies are not being attacked right now. Uh, but Troa just kind of expresses like 
kind of fusion and he feels a little lost because like he mm-hmm. hasn't gotten a mission since then he like can't really do anything against oz in this state because like no one's ordering him what to do quick shouts out to Catherine though because troa seems to just bring stray dudes who are deeply deeply injured or depressed and Catherine's <laughs> yeah. just like yep soup time like here you go <laughs> this is normal <laughs> This, this is my nice. dog. This is my dog, Troy. He's bringing, <laughs> he's bringing strays back. Yeah. Um, Troy is just like conflicted about what to do next. And he kind of is venting to Hiro a little bit. And Hiro's like, well, like you should follow your emotions. And Troy is like, I'm not like you because like my colony didn't entirely decide to send the Gundam here you know it was a small portion of people I was one of them who was like we need to be fighting back against Oz and Troa's like should I like do what you did and just like end it all and and get out there and like be done with it and Hiro's like let me offer you some advice. I've got one warning. It hurts like hell. And he's just being edgy as shit. And Troa starts laughing. Troa just like laughs at him. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's and, the and, first time and, we've uh, ever heard Troa laugh. Even Catherine says so. Yep. Yeah. He barks on it. It's, it's really nice. And like, they kind of need a bit of a break. Um, obviously, it's been a month, but like a yeah. humorous thing. They They like need to be able to just breathe for a second and yeah relax finally and then we jump over to a lot of explosions uh it looks like sally mm-hmm. poe is just like raiding a military base i fucking love sally she's so good yeah she whips ass she's just like a straight-up guerrilla fighter now yeah um this is an uh she's like attacking an oz bay or an alliance base uh not nation. even it's like around china not even mm-hmm. yeah it is it is uh it is explained by the narrator in just a moment. So yep. we see Sally raiding the base and then we meet Colonel Bunt. Uh, and then the narrator comes in and he tells us that a peace-minded leader in the autonomous region of China spoke with local military about his plans for disarmament. They killed him. Colonel Bunt was the one who led the military's plan to assassinate this guy and took over. But they're not part of the alliance. Kind of like the Maguanak, they're their own like sovereign yeah, still state autonomous. right now. Um, mm. and so they, that, that comes into play later with what happens, <laughs> but yeah, it is like, there, there's a brief moment where, uh, Sally is like driving away from the base and everything. And there's this guy with like a bandage around his head who I'm pretty sure is voiced by Scott McNeil, the voice actor for duo in the, in the dub. Oh, good. Um, but he's like, like, you know, it's, it's nice to have you home, Sally, but I'm sorry. It has to be like this. And and then we get all this like lore dump from the narrator, yeah. Where it's you know it just explains like all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, <clears throat> the alliance is being assholes, but it's interesting to me. Oh god, my phone just fucking fell. Um, it's interesting to me how this is like, like you said, like this is sort of autonomous uh, faction of the alliance almost. Like the alliance hasn't fully been wiped out by Oz, obviously. To the well, point where, like, I don't know it, that this it is. It kind of the... has at, at this point. This is not even an autonomous part of alliance. This is just an autonomous military organization. Yeah, I, I think like, it's they its are own, running like, this country. Chinese military organization. I, yeah. I think it's not actually really? even a part of the alliance, right? Cur- that's what I'm getting for sure. Um, okay, that 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 makes a lot more sense then. Yeah, then was, that's okay. why she's right. fighting because she's okay. Um, okay, okay. No, I'm all right. 
I get it. I get it now. I get it cool. now. We're good. We're good. Okay. All right. And then we get um, that, as, that, yeah, that Sally mm-hmm. talking in the back of the truck, and they kind of pull off to like a small area side of the road, and, and all of the guerrilla warriors are uh, recouping, and some Leos show up. Um, one of them is basically like telling them like, you've got nowhere to go. You've got nowhere to hide. Fun fact, the one that's talking is Brad Swale, also known as Amaro and Katra. <laughs> um, <laughs> these two, these two, him and Scott McNeil do a lot of side character voices in this hey, I episode. I mean, if they're in the studio, yeah, might as well. It's just very funny because I don't think we see Duo or Katra this episode at all. And so it's just like, they got, they got the paycheck still like good for them. Yeah. Uh, um, a, a Leo is basically like taking aim. It, it is blown up like one or two of the trucks that they were riding on. And Sally mm-hmm. picks up a rocket launcher and just aims it at the yeah. Leo. And someone's like, oh, you're not going to be able to do anything with that. And she's like, oh, I'm just planning to take out its main camera. And before she fires, a bunch of gunfire bursts out through the trees behind the guerrilla warfare uh, folks. And it turns out it was Shenlong Gundam. Yeah. And and funny enough, it, that also takes out the main camera of this Leo because yeah. like yeah, it, like the the shutter pulls down in front of the the eye for it. Uh, it's not really doing anything though. Like Shenlong's just kind of standing there, and and you know, yeah. Wu Fei is saying he doesn't intend to fight. You know, you got to retreat. They don't obviously. So we just cuts him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Wu Fei is like. I don't plan on attacking you. And then they shoot him some more and he's like, actually, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to destroy all of you. (laughs) And it's like one single swipe. He knocks out like the three Leos except for one. It like lost a leg, but it manages to fly away. He does a lot of fighting for someone who says he doesn't fight. (laughs) It's it's complicated. Don't worry about it. It's complicated. (laughs) Uh, So Sally goes to investigate the Gundam after the Leos have exploded and the one has flown away. And uh, that's when she meets Wu Fei. He's actually like stepping out of his Gundam and and kind of uh, like riding this little uh, extending ladder down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of tells her that like you know you shouldn't be fighting. You're the resistance. You're weak. Blah 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 blah. Uh, he he. She she mentioned something about like you know she's not being ordered by anyone to fight. Like she's doing this of her own accord. And Wu Fei can't comprehend this yeah, he it does seems not like that understand. actually affects him a little bit um yeah. because that's like, huh? it's kind of the first time in this show that people are doing things because they feel like it's right not that they're being told to do things right yeah uh so she essentially gives him a place to stay for the night um and, and as cut- as payment in the morning he goes with her to help gather food for uh her and her soldiers yeah, and, and she's like, you didn't need to help us. Like, really, you know, you're the one we're, we owe you because you saved us from those Leos. Uh, you know, he wants to help regardless. And they're getting food, and they look over in this village, and they see someone's restaurant is being completely trashed by uh, by three of these military members who basically are like, you know, you, next time don't ask for us to pay for our meals. Like, you know, you, you don't need to take payment for us. Like, we're helping protect the country. Yeah, we're the only reason you have this restaurant is that we're mm-hmm. protecting it. He's How totally dare you trashing the ask place, us to pay for the it. Windows. Yeah. Very rude. Uh, Sally doesn't like this, of course. She, she you know, starts attacking them. Uh, and she kind of like, gets a good hit on all of them. But then, of course, you know, the tides turn and they knock her down. They're about to basically, like, kill her. Like, they yeah. all like off their guns out. Yeah, one of them has a gun trained, like, on her back. Mm-hmm. And this is when Wu Fei jumps in, does martial arts at all of them, Wu takes Fei, one of the guns. Wu Fei, who put on, like, the top part yeah. of his, like... He did enough. Kung Fu uniform. Yeah. 
<laughs> he and, just shows um, up. He beats everyone's ass. Or I, I think he just beats like one guy's ass, but he steals their gun and points it at the other two. And he's like, you need to back off right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, after he says this, the, the soldiers realize that like the townsfolk are kind of out in spades. Like some of them are like holding rakes and like pitchforks and stuff. And they're like, what the hell has gotten into these people? Like, we are the reason that they're safe in the first place. And uh, the townsfolk are like, get the fuck out of here. We're done with this. We yeah. we don't want to deal with your nonsense anymore. We, I, I, it's it's like I, the vibes I'm getting here is that the guerrilla f- attacks and that resistance is kind of building up the and, citizens' and the people are response for it. against them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's not like they have a government right now. They have the military that killed the leader that they were actually interested in mm-hmm. um, for the crime of wanting to not war anymore. Yeah. And after the soldiers run away, Wufei does a misogyny at Sally Poe again. Oopsies. Yeah. That's our boy. Come on, Come on man. I think he, he can't help himself. He immediately follows it up by saying he's a coward who can only fight those weaker than himself. And then he like walks like through downtown with Sally and just gets in a random boat on a dock and starts drifting yeah. away sadly. I will say that, that boat has no oars either. He's just floating. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's just going nowhere. <laughs> I know. Poor buddy. And it's like he he just keeps on fucking repeating that he has no right to fight. Yes. And it's like get over it. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I oh, it really God. drives home the fact that he's like so focused on how much like he fucked up with his fight against Dre's and how much it has affected him. Um, it is unfortunate that in the one episode we see where he's like really concerned about this, that it's like basically the only thing he says and there's not like really anything that comes of it until like just yeah. barely at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we, we cut to a meeting with uh, Colonel Bunt and all of his men. Mm hmm. And they're, they're, they've located the guerrilla base, and they're discussing on how they can attack it. Uh, Bunt wants to call in Oz to help. And all the men are like, no, if we do that, mm-hmm. then they're going to take over the country. You know, and like, what's the point then? Right. They won't be in charge anymore. So they all kind of rally themselves to form up and attack the guerrillas together. Yeah, and Bunt says he's like, oh, well, I don't want to use, like, my best soldiers right now and, and potentially lose you guys. And they're like, well, we need to maintain the idea of military dominance over the people that we're ruling. Uh, and Bunt mm-hmm. is like, you know what? You're right. We'll use our best and brightest to fight off these guerrillas. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it, it's a weird I, scene, yeah. Yeah, so we cut back to the base. Uh, Sally, you know, talks to her men and and he, one of the guys like, hey, where's uh, the kid? And she's like, we had a fight. <laughs> and, you know, explains that he's not going to be here. And they're like, well, his Gundam's right here. Uh, yeah, like, here. Shenlong's just right there. It's got, mm-hmm. like, a net with some leaves on it. He's, it's, it's just chilling. It's the Kelly worst Black. camouflage well. I've ever seen. I know. It's pathetic. <laughs> um, and, you know, she kind of explains it like he's not going to fight because he's confused right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any time to elaborate because, of course, this is when the base gets attacked. Yep. Helicopter, just regular ass helicopters show yeah. up and start launching missiles and shit. Uh, and then also some Leos get dropped in. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I actually like, you know, think that's a really fucking important thing to point out that they just have helicopters. Yeah, like this is, this is conventional this is, military. Yeah, they, they are not currently aligned with Oz. Mm-hmm. They don't have the suits because that was like the whole point of Oz and the specials was that increased militarization, that um, access to the mobile suits and to the um, yeah. 
the tech that they're bringing to the the the, the battlefield. So it's it was cool to see like that's consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a result, yeah. the helicopters are also really mobile and manage to spot the Gundam uh, in its really bad camouflage and just start firing yeah. on it. But they are very quickly like, oh, this thing's not responding. The pilot might not be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, so like, you know, Sally's fighting back. They're doing pretty good. Um, and at this point, though, Ares show up and everyone's like, huh? What? Uh, and, and we see Nanaki, who is Bunt's, like, second in command. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And Bunt's like, oh, I, you know, hey, I called Oz in to help. We got to secure the peace of the country. Uh, turns out a lot of my soldiers have been siding with the guerrillas, so they're just going to be taken out in the process. But don't worry, I get to still remain head of state. Uh, so, you know, of course, he basically called in Oz to kill all of his yeah, traitorous men he, so he can still remain in power. He did a coup d'etat on the people who helped him do a coup d'etat. Mm. Like, Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. Never, never, never expected. Love it so much. Do it twice. All, all in the name of like self-interest and power grabbing. Uh, absolutely. Um, and Naki, his second in command, is blown he away by blown a suit. Yeah. Very sad. I mean, he probably wasn't a good person in the first place because he took over country like this. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, not great, but better. Still don't want to see people die. And then Wu Fei um, is just kind of like walking in the distance and hears and sees a yeah. bunch of explosions and just starts running toward it. Yeah, and he's <laughs> one of. Uh, one of uh, Sally's men gets like an, ex- you know, something gets blown up and like his entire back is covered in glass. Yeah, shards it's, and he's it's bloody. that same guy who like welcomed her back home. The guy with the head mm-hmm. bandages. Um, mm-hmm. And like he is currently covered in tomato soup. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. Wu Fei uh, runs into this guy and the guy is basically like pleading with him to like basically continue fighting like they need someone with his strength on their mm-hmm. side like if they had the gundam if they had the access to the power that he has they'd be using it to fight for the cause that they believe in yeah absolutely and- um he dies in wufei's arms um sally and like another one of the gorillas show up they're yeah, upset it's- that he's not helping it's um, this guy in like a blue knit wool cap who is also voiced by Brad Swale. God. <laughs> so it's just these two guys back to back voiced by like main character actors in the series mm-hmm. that get got. You, you sound familiar. Uh, uh, gotta go. Yeah. And so it's like an Aries like flies by really yep. low and really fast. And this guy like stands in the in between that and Wu Fei and protects him. And he also gets tomato soup all over his back. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Sally is there and like there's uh, I think an Aries that shows up that's like pointing a gun directly at them. Sally puts yes. herself between the Aries and Wufei. Between Fei. them, yeah. The and Aries fucking fires on her and she just walks at it menacingly. She should be dead. She should be dead. There is no fucking way that she could have survived <laughs> this. Plot armor is great. You love to see like, it. She gets jostled like a strong breeze blowing her left <laughs> and then right. Very silly, yeah. But then she keeps walking at it, and Wufei's like, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? Th- this whole scene is raising so many... Like, I was genuinely... I was like, oh, Sally's gonna die here. But no, because Wufei just, like, picks up one of them, like, quad barrel rocket launchers and fires at it. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately cut to Shenlong powering back up and Wufei running towards it. And he's like, I have no right to pilot you, Nataku, but please lend me some of your power yeah. just for now. He's like uh, finally realized that yes, he does need to fight. Yes, he wants mm-hmm. to help protect these people um, from the things that are currently happening yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. And oh, does he fight? We get, oh, I, yes. I think, a pretty pretty solid amount of like new animation of just yeah. Shenlong going to town on some Ares and Leos. 
it's my I love very like, satisfying arm weapons. Mm. Yeah. So seeing Shenlong jam its like staff into the head of a Leo yeah. and then like chucking it through a helicopter is so rad. It's sick as fuck. There's this little moment of animation where uh Shenlong like launches forward and like its thrusters are lighting everything behind it. Uh I I really like the animation on that. I the the colors of Shenlong and it getting like darkened with the bright light behind it as it like flies toward the camera is very cool. It's really good. Yeah, and Bunt fucking dies. Bunt gets good. fucking annihilated. He does like the Dragon Ball thing where like it's all white except for like the the, the hatch mark lines mm-hmm. in his face as he like burns up. Like he got hit with a fucking spirit bomb or something. Uh <laughs> and it's the next morning now. Uh Sally's still alive, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh and and she basically tells him, like, yeah, Bunt and Oz are gone, but like the nation still isn't really secure or safe. We still gotta keep on fighting. Yeah, she says uh, a lot of stuff about like justice has been a term that's been yeah. thrown around by like Oz and the Alliance. And there is a meaning to that word, and it means something significant, like to the people who are fighting for what they believe in, and that Wu Fei basically needs to find something to believe in again. Yeah. And we Wufei says to... some misogynist shit oh, to her really he quickly. Does. He keeps doing oh. that. He's like, sorry, you're a woman, or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> My guy, you can't. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, like, th- this is kind of what sticks with him. Right. Because, you know, he he's weak, and somebody's like, your heart is your strength. And then he's like, yo, is that why you fight even though you're weak? It's like, fucking, yeah, yeah. shut up. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, and then I think uh, Julio was saying we we head over to the circus again. Yep. The, the traveling um, circus. The uh, ringleader is holding kind of like an impromptu meeting, it looks like. Uh, he's informing everyone that they have got a new client, and it is a Oz military leader, and they are going to be performing at an Oz base. Um, and he wants to put on a, a big new spectacle. He wants to do something new that they've never done before. Troa kind of speaks up, um, which is weird enough that Catherine says, you never talk. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, he offers to be the one that like figures out what that new thing is um, and do it for the circus. Yeah, and because Catherine's like, yeah, Troa never speaks up. Maybe he's actually got something. Like, let him handle this. And the ringleader's like, sure, fucking whatever. What could possibly yeah, go like, wrong? What, whatever. <laughs> it's so funny the way he's talking about it, too, because he's like... He, he's like, oh, I have something that'll blow their mind. Yeah, It'll be yeah. a real blast. It's so fucking cheesy. I love it to death. We see, you know, uh, Troa's basically like, you can stay here and rest and recover. And then Troa's driving away. Um, he pulls up and the ringleader uh, is like looking at the truck. And he's like, oh, is that the contraption you've got for the big show? <laughs> and Troa's like, yes, it is. It'll be my last grandstand show. And like God. as he's talking, it cuts from the angle outside of the truck to like a close-up on his face. And th- mm-hmm. and then we get like a little bit of motivation about Troa's like why he became a Gundam pilot. And then it's just this close-up on his face, and then we get a little to be continued in the corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Basically the little like he has a conversation with Hero beforehand where he basically is like Explaining how, you know, in his colony, most people didn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. So he had to kind of like follow his emotions. Yeah. And like, that's like him basically spurring himself on to do this mission because he's just going off of pure emotion. Yeah, now. it's it's because him. Like he they haven't had anything like he mentioned early on. He hasn't had a mission in forever. He doesn't know what to do. And this is him like, oh, I know what I have to do. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's good. <laughs> I have to do some clownery. Literally. God. It's good. It's so good. And I'm so excited for episode 13. <laughs> can't, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, though, I have a Beyond Tomb World for us. Let's get oh, it. hell yeah. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Tomb uh, this is actually, appropriately enough, I'm talking about Troa Barton's voice actor. Fuck yeah. I didn't want to, like, I'm saving Zex's because, like, we can spend literally an entire podcast episode talking about Dio's voice. Yeah, absolutely. So in the meantime, this week we have Shigeru Nakahara, uh, obviously voice actor for Troa Barton, born January 22nd, 1961 in Kamakura, Kanagawa, Japan. He's been active since 1982, hasn't done, like, a ton of stuff that's very recognizable. He's been in, like, you know, case clothes. He's been in a lot of, like, the same sorts of anime, like, you know, like, early 80s mech anime, that kind of stuff. So his more sort of uh, headlining roles, and I'll save the best one for last because it's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, He started out in 1982. One of his very first roles was in Macross as Kenichi Machizaki. I feel like I'd enjoy Macross one day. It's just about a plane oh, that yeah. transform into a mech. Yeah, it's I've I've um, seen some key animation from Macross. Uh, I think it was one of the Macross movies, and it's it's it goes hard as hell. Anyway, that's where the Otani Circus came from, right? I like, that insane missile volleys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, nineteen eighty five in I, I love I love whenever I get to do a Beyond Tomb World to mention this show in Dan Kuga, Super Beast Machine God. Hell yeah! Uh, it was Masada Shibu. Shibu Masada Shikibu. Uh, in 1986's Arion, he was Arion. 1986 also, can you train, please? <laughs> I uh, love that you get this train that you are, what, a three-minute walk from our old apartment that I had never once you heard. you never heard. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, to be fair, like, I can, if I lean out my balcony, I can see the track. So it's way closer to me than it was to you. But I guess there were just enough trees in the way I that you that was it. That's it what it was. But, God, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, 1986, in uh, St. Seiya, he was Peacock Silva. Another very weird 80s anime. Um, uh, hey, Sarah McCostumes, 1988, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. He was Franz Valimut. You know that guy? <laughs> Probably do. Um, in 1991, hey, Captain Planet. He was Uh-oh. Wheeler. He was the, the redhead kid. Oh, my God. Which is really funny. Uh, this one's for you, Jay. 1992, a little show called Yu Yu Hakusho. He was Yoko Kurama. He was Yoko Kurama? Uh-huh. Oh, my fucking God. That uh, rules. I love to hear it. <laughs> in 1995, obviously, Gundam Wing, Troy Barton. Um, one of his biggest, like, most recurring roles. Uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Sengoku Basara. Uh, from what I can tell, it's, like, one of those series that is, like, I, I don't know if it's an anime or a game. I think it's both. But it's, like... Hey, all the mythological, like, or, you know, historical Japanese Sengoku figures are characters now. So hmm. he was a uh, Mori Motonari, which is, you know, one of the more important ones. He looks like a cactor and he has a funny green hat that, like, he looks a lot like the guy who was dressed up as a cactor in the Pokemon anime. Interesting. Um, and his biggest role, starting all the way back in, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s, in Dragon Ball and in Dragon Ball GT. And in Dragon Ball Super, in every piece of Dragon Ball media since his character debuted, Android 17. There oh you my go. fucking god. Uh huh. That whips ass. It's so good. Oh, that makes so much sense. The winner of the Tournament of Power, Android 17, <laughs> the most powerful being in the universe. I mean, you're technically not wrong. God. 
I'm last one standing. Oh my god. god that was I'm this Dragon Ball Super is a good show. I don't care what anyone says. I like it. I like to see it. If Dragon Ball Super is a good show, then Gundam Wing is a good show. Well, I'm, I, hey, I'm enjoying Wing so far, too. <laughs> I know my audience. Oh, I know who I'm talking to. Yeah, yeah. no, Android 17, I love the guy. And yeah, and obviously he was Super 17 and every iteration what the f- from the origin of the character. So that's, it's cool. We love to see it. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and that that's our Beyond Toon world. Um. I don't believe we got a single mention of Operation. I was I was just about to mention we got a zero Operation Meteor count. Um, Probably the first of many that that's going to happen. But Mm -hmm. with the intro narration for episode nine, no, episode 10 um, being the same like Oz caused Earth to shudder. No mention of Operation Meteor. And the other two didn't have an intro um, and the conversation throughout just didn't involve it. So uh mm-hmm. get a rest week everyone <laughs> yeah take a chill <laughs> take a bit of a chill um and yeah that'll bring us to plugs in the clothes um julia you go first sure uh i've been julia you can find me on really only twitter at the crown jewels with two underscores at the end um that's j-u-l-e-s uh and i'm jared or jay uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pagliacci Proto J. It's my funny, evil prototype clown robot joke. Uh, I just thought it up one day and it sounded really good and I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Um, hire me if you need a voice actor on anything. You can uh, follow request me on Twitter and DM me and we'll talk it over. Uh, I figured I might as well use this to promote myself for that. Uh, and that's about it. Find me in the Gundam Discord. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Maxi Vigilian. Uh, in addition to this show, I have Pod of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp at Pod of Greed Cast on Twitter. Uh, we're near the end of GX, getting there. It's insane. Um, and I also have a show called Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast. Uh, we already have released our episode on Ghost of Tsushima, and that's all we talked about in that episode. And we didn't talk about anything else. <laughs> it's really, it's, it is maybe my favorite episode we've recorded so far. Give it a listen. <laughs> Uh, that's at slappersonlypod.com or slappersonlypod on Twitter. Uh, this show is at Wow Cool Podcast on Twitter. Discord links in every episode description, as well as the Twitter header. Uh, thank you to Matt GameCube, who runs noisespace.xyz, a podcast network that all of our shows are on. Uh, there's many, many more, including Twink's Awakening, a show about Zelda. Can't wait for part two on Skyward Sword, because it's a very good game. And um, I think it's me this week. I think it's you, Jared, my friend. Go ahead and ask. What's that robot of the week? I am torn between two things, but hmm. I'm going to go with my heart, and I'm going to say XJ9 or Jenny from My Life as a Teenage oh, Robot. Oh, Jenny Wakeman. Yep. That's very good. I don't think I know a single person who didn't have a crush on Jenny as a kid. They were all right, too. You're right, man. You said it. <laughs> this is a cute robot. Oh man, what if there was like a video? I would love my life as a teenage robot video game. It's like half Persona high school sim and half like, you know, fly around, shoot em up combat. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. I'd be that all could over be it. pretty cool. You know, with that same kind of like weird, like almost art deco art style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a good show that was. Hell yeah. Uh, well, that will do it for us. Thank you again for tuning in, dear listener, for another week of Gundam Wing uh, from what. Uh, what's, from what's been implied, it seems like next week's going to be pretty crazy, so I can't wait for that. Um, and as we always say, 
<clears throat> War is bad. Wow. Cool robot. Still haven't thought of a sign off. <laughs> Bye. Catch you next time, Gundam Team. This has Gundam been team. robots. It's good. <laughs> this, has, this has been robots. <laughs>